You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Well, hello, everybody. It's Andy Squires here with Robin McMillan of Queen City Church, and we're sitting in the sanctuary again. Hey, Robin. Man, are we having fun or what? <laughs> we're, we're having fun. We're, we're learning how to do this. Uh, we were kind of chuckling earlier on. Uh, we, you know, Robin and Chris and myself are, are figuring out our way through, uh, all the technical sides of this. And, uh, we, we were laughing a little bit because I, I watched last week's, uh, video and I realized that my energy level was way down and, <laughs> I realized I had taken a Benadryl about an hour before that video. So, uh, fortunately this morning, no Benadryl. No Benadryl. <laughs> oh, let me, let me say this too. Um, I think a lot of people are, are feeling symptoms they don't actually have because of the pollen. Yeah. That's you know, true. I had a little scratchy throat the other day, yep. and I thought, ooh, this is not good. Yeah. So I called a buddy of mine who's an expert, and he says, well, take your temperature. So I thought, ooh, what's the deal? He said, well, 100.4, you're shipping out. You're, yeah. And I said, oh, so I took my temperature, and I've got this electronic thermometer. It started out at 98.6, and, I, and when I beeped, I pulled it out. It was down to 96.5. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm okay, Andy. I think you're, I think you're going to be just fine. <laughs> Well, folks, today, Robin and I have been uh, talking about the provision of God, and uh, I read a proverb yesterday that really, really hit me hard, and I want to I wanna start by just reflecting on this passage of Scripture with you. Uh, we'll just use it as a jumping off point, and then we're we're going to talk a little bit about provision and what that means. And and really, what we w- we want to do today is kind of tell tell you some of the story of the things that the Lord has been speaking to us, really since maybe late December, early January. Oh yeah, and uh, and and it's really amazing how the provision of God showed up and we didn't even recognize it. It was like yeah, the right. Lord was speaking words to us and we're just now realizing the significance of those things. And Andy, the, the interesting thing is the words that you and I are talking about are on our website. Mm. And we'll reference them later as to going people being able to go back and listen to them. Amen, amen. Yeah, but we, we were shocked. God pre- was in the process of preparing us for these days and we didn't realize it. Yeah, he was. Well, I'm going to read from Proverbs 30. It's, it's not actually a proverb of Solomon. It's, it's by a, a person with a kind of a funny name. His name was King Agur. It's, it's in Proverbs 30. And he says this in, in verse seven, he says, two things I ask of you, O Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. And gosh, that passage really hit me hard. Uh, first of all, because I've always thought that the idea of daily bread was strictly New Testament. Mm. And here we see this 
uh, Old Testament king in his Proverbs asking the Lord for such a thing as daily bread right. and his reasons are so that he'll stick with God through thick and thin. Isn't that fascinating? That really is interesting. And that's wisdom. That's from one of the wisdom texts in Proverbs. Amen. Well, uh, Robin, one of the things that you and I have been talking about is this idea. And I think the Lord gave you this term and you can flesh this out a little bit for us. Sure. But this idea of spiritual disorientation and it it seems to happen or let, let me let me frame this a little bit when times get tough when it's hard to know up from down and when there's a lot of things that are screaming at us from different perspectives we get disoriented right we don't necessarily right. know what to do we don't know what to think and uh, I think it was around January that the Lord started talking to you about this. Well, I actually, um, first of all, just to reference this for people that are interested on uh, queencity.church under messages, our 0202-2020, that's February the 2nd, 2020 message is called Spiritual Disorientation. And it was a message I preached um Basically, the idea there was precipitated by the tragic death mm. of uh, Kobe um, and uh, his daughter. Yeah. Kobe Bryant and his daughter. And Andy, I'm recognizing not that God did that. Right. But even that was like a national, international oh, yeah. wake-up call to the brevity of life. Yeah. Well, as... um as I was listening to the whole, uh, uh, all the um, facts about the, the wreck, the, the helicopter crash, um, I realized, and I read articles in the paper that showed that the pilot, because he was blinded and he didn't have his controls on and he couldn't see the ground, he got what's called spatial disorientation. Mm. And spatial disorientation is a condition of your inner ear, which gives you a sense of balance and, and all of that. Um, when you're a pilot and you lose your bearings, your visual bearings, you can almost instantly go into a situation where you do not know if you're right, left, up, or down. Wow. And uh, knowing an experienced pilot, he told me 100% of the pilots who get uh, spatial disorientation wreck their aircraft. Wow. It was probably JFK Jr. off of Cape Cod. Mm. Uh, it got dark. He didn't have an instrument ratings. He flew right into the ocean, didn't know he was doing it. So, wow. Um, well, from that, I went to this idea of spiritual disorientation and spiritual disorientation is when you get into a situation where you're hurt or you're confused or you can't see your future or you're in some form of chaos, mm. which chaos comes and goes in the natural world. It's just part of it. And you become disoriented yeah, and you become spiritually disoriented. And you can't trust your feelings instead of being geographically not knowing if you're up and down. You're spiritually up and down. You you could feel dizzy. You have panic attacks. And I've been yeah. through that. Yeah. I had a series where I had some pretty serious panic attacks so yeah. much so that I wanted to 
stop my car and call my wife and said, come pick me up. I'm on the interstate. Sure. I just didn't have a phone. The only way. Sure. Anyway. So we, we find out that the way you do with, uh, uh, spatial disorientation is you pay attention to your instrument panels. Mm. You pay attention to the voice from the tower. Yeah. Um, and so to, uh, to connect that to a spiritual disorientation, which is like what we're going through right now. Yeah. You pay attention to the word. You pay attention to your relationship with the Lord when he mm. speaks to you in peace. Yeah. And you, um, relate to more experienced believers who have gone through something like this mm. before. Yeah. And you don't spend that time questioning your spiritual life. You spend your time trying to fortify it. Wow. And so those are just some of the ideas. Now, the reason I think this is so important is I can be dumb as a brick. I didn't know we were being prepared for this. Right. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, right after the quarantine started, I had to go to the chiropractor and Donna and I, and Donna's from Mooresville and I have been to this chiropractor, I don't know, every two weeks for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to talking about things and we were, when we looked up, we were disoriented. It's where we actually were on the highway and took the wrong turn. Wow. And it happened to us twice. So in a place you were totally familiar totally with. Totally familiar with. You got lost. We got lost. Mm. We got turned around and not just turned around. We had that gut feeling that was inaccurate. Wow. We really, I really thought if I go my gut, I am going to go the wrong way and I'm going to be late. Wow. So when we figured this out, I said, Donna, what is the story here? And she said, Robin, I think the Lord's telling us he spoke to us about spiritual disorientation and spatial disorientation because of what we're actually in right now. And a lot of people are feeling disoriented. They don't know how long this is going to last. That's the disorienting part. Yeah. They don't know about how their money's going to last. They don't know if their health is going to last. I mean, honestly, I'm 69. I read all the, I read every day or here every day. People my age dying from this. Sure. And so um, I take great comfort in that provision. Amen. Amen. Well, so I want to throw uh, just kind of a theological heavy word out there because I want to frame this next thing a little bit. There, there's, a, there's an idea about God. It, it, it is that God is omniscient, meaning that God is all knowing. He, mm-hmm. he is, uh, he has the ability to know everything and to process everything. And one of the things that I've noticed that in the age that we live in, that is particular to us as human beings is that we are sometimes afflicted with this idea that we are supposed to be all knowing as oh, well. Yeah. Meaning we are being inundated with information like there are so much so many stories of folks that have um that are dealing with one crisis or another and and it's what's so fascinating about the age that we live in is that because we have access to all of these stories all of these happenings yeah. in the earth sometimes that increases our feelings of of well First of all, fear and anxiety. Yeah. And then also kind of gives us this idea that we have to make all this go away within ourselves or in our own power. And, um, what I have found is 
when I get inundated with information, yeah. when I get inundated with this idea that I am supposed to know everything, it takes my focus off the one who does know everything. Right, right. And that's when I become disoriented. Right. And I right. do, I do, I start to believe my gut feelings, even though they're telling me the wrong things. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So, so my question is, um, in times of great confusion, Robin, how, how do we stay focused on the Lord himself? And I know yeah. these answers, they, they, they might seem obvious to folks, but I just think it's just really worth stating as many times as we can. Well, that's what meditation's all about is digging into what you already know. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Digging into what you already know because the way we are set up is, well, you can think about it this way. When the children were in the wilderness, for 40 years, they had to get daily manna. Yeah. Yesterday's manna was not going to work for today. Yeah. And so that's a little bit of a picture of needing to feed properly every day. Mm. That, that to a certain degree, yesterday's bread won't carry you over today. Yeah. Now, that, now there's some other things that, that, that show that's not true. Sure. There's long-term things God does, but there is something about, um, when you're, when you've been focused in on an issue and it, and it's, it's sort of imposing itself yeah. as to what you do. And I think, um, I've mentioned this before, uh, Arthur Burke, you mm -hmm. know, friend you and I've known for years, gone on to be with the Lord. He said, if you want something to live, feed it. Mm. So if you want your fear to live, watch every fearful thing you can about COVID-19 and get all the details and then begin to say it over and over and over. Sure. If you want that to starve, mm. stop watching any more than absolutely necessary. Yeah. Well, then you can feed on things that, um, that, uh, add to your peace. I was just thinking about, um, Philippians, uh, four. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Yeah. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So here's the meditation. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind. Come on. And then here's the promise. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious, glorious, glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you and the God of peace will be with you in all mm. things. Mm. Last part of Philippians. So good. Yeah. Four. So I love that. Meditating means, meditation means thinking about things, that, digging deeper into things that you may already know. And, and one aspect of meditation that's been lost to sort of the Western world is the repeating it verbally part. Wow. Um, 
I, I mean, I'm a Psalm 91 guy. I can quote much of that Psalm in my sleep because yeah. I've spent so much time. Uh, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty whose power no evil can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God on him. will I lean and rely and in him will I confidently trust. But the idea is not to parrot it. Sure. But to pray, think through it. Yeah. Let that thing get down in get you. Get into your heart. As, get yes. into your soul. Yeah. Well, I love that, Robin, because it's a very practical way of living a way. It's a very practical way of relating to the Lord. And recently I've been reading, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, reading the yeah. words of Jesus in it. And it's amazing to me how practical the Lord Jesus Christ is. And, and from, from the reading of the text, it's interesting to me that, that similar to this guy in Proverbs 30, this king in Proverbs 30, who's talking about daily bread, Jesus is doing this in, in Matthew 6 and the Sermon of the Mount as well. And, and what's yeah. so fascinating is that Jesus breaks everything down into manageable portions for us. Right. It's very interesting. So for instance, in Matthew 6, he says, here's the thing, guys, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will have its own troubles. First of all, Jesus is acknowledging that there's trouble in life. I thank God that he's being exactly. honest with us uh, yeah, in all right. of this. He's not saying, follow me and troubles will go away. He's like, hey, here's the thing. Troubles are going to come. All right. So that's the first thing we've got. Right. And he says this, each day has enough trouble of its own. That's really fascinating to me. Like he's, he's, he's telling us that we can't worry about the trouble of tomorrow and next week. Right. Today has sufficient troubles of its own. I mean, that is a sign and a wonder to me that the, the creator of the universe has, has kind of said to us, like, guys, it's okay. You're not responsible for worrying about next week. Right. You've right. got to deal with the things that are upon you today because that's enough for you. Right. Right. So what's interesting to me is that, um, Later on, Jesus, when he's teaching us to pray, he tells us to ask God to give us daily bread. And so what it appears to me is that God is wanting us to focus on the yeah. day at hand. Exactly. Or maybe focus on him in each day. So Robin, um, do you have a, do you have a life rhythm that keeps you daily connected with God? How, how do you keep your mind set on Him, especially when the day's trouble seems so prominent? I mean, yeah. I think that's like in January and February, we weren't having these discussions because we right. were kind of in a normal and now all of a sudden we're in a new normal right. where the trouble seems very prominent. Right. Well, what, one thing is you were talking about, um, living for the day. I remembered a phrase the Lord gave me a couple of weeks back and, and it went like this. People worry by the week or the month of the year when I'm asking them to simply believe by the day. Wow. That's way, good. Yeah. People worry by the week, the month or the year when I'm only asking them to believe by the day. Come on. And it goes right back to what you were talking about. He, this is the day the Lord has made. Mm. 
we will rejoice and be glad mm-hmm. in it. And so to, to sort of answer that question, my daily rhythm, um, one thing I try to do, what, what I'm trying to do is live a peaceful, unruffled life in the midst of difficulty, right? Come on. So that's, that's to describe the problem. And so what we're actually talking about is how do we have an internal stability when we have external instability? Mm. So to me, it, they're heart issues. Yes. I told someone years ago, I said, I would feel like my life was an absolute success if the day I died, I was joyful and had harbored no ill will toward any man. Mm. And so part of what I try to do is I try to keep my heart consistently free of criticism and, and wrong judgments. And, uh, if I find myself saying the wrong things about people, I try to, um, self monitor. Mm. I try to say, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't have any business feeling that way about this situation with that person or whether it's a television personality or someone we work together or someone sure. our, in our, in our families. I try mm-hmm. to keep that to a bare minimum. Um, if I detect any bitterness, mm. I try to deal with that. I try to, uh, see, here's the thing, Andy. We're, we're not just called to be these monoliths of faith because you can't be a monolith of faith unless you are an intrinsically honest person about who you really are. Yes. Where you really are. Yeah. Because until you sort of own where you are, you can't make progress because you're not dealing with yourself and the Lord in a real way. Right. You're delusional. Yeah. You're delusional. So yeah. another thing I do, I mentioned it. Um, I try to starve my fear and feed my faith. Yeah. Um, I try to talk to people who are encouraging and mm-hmm. I try to encourage people. You know, yeah. Last time, a uh, couple, couple of podcasts ago, Donna said when she started having children, she started having these inordinate fears. And the only way she broke through those fears was every time that fear came on her, she would pray from, for someone else mm. who had a serious issue. And eventually the enemy quit bombarding her with that fear. Because he didn't want that other person helped either. It's a strange spiritual phenomenon. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think another thing too is, um, we've talked about it already, that meditation, what you set your mind on. And I think, um, Thanksgiving is another major, um, way to set the course of your day. Yeah. And, uh, that was another provision. You remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, back in, uh, November, Actually, we have on our, on our podcast, sorry, we have on our, uh, on our website under our messages, there's several messages I did on Thanksgiving. And, um, a lot of it originated from a book by Ann Voskamp, A Thousand mm-hmm. Gifts. Yeah. And she broke down, uh, the word Eucharistio, mm. which is Eucharist, which we'll call it communion. Yeah. Same word. And she discovered, in that word, it basically means to give thanks. Yeah. But in the language of that word, you find the word gift, thanks, and joy. Wow. And what she uh, concluded and what I've concluded, your joy quotient is equal to your thanksgiving. Mm. And so 
there's so many verses, we don't need to go into them, but if you're interested in, in that more in depth, you can go to our uh, queencity.church under messages, and you can find that from back in November. But we need to articulate specifically what we're grateful for. That's good. Because if we focus on what we don't have, we're making a mistake. Mm-hmm. We need to focus on what we do have. That's And good. I think, you know, whenever Jesus did the miracles of provision, mm. every single time he gave something, and he thanked. Yep. And so there's a connection between provision and gratefulness. Yeah. That's a little bit mysterious and mm. spiritual. That's so good. Well, uh, I, I want to, uh, get ready to wrap this up, but I, I want to, you know, make sure we, we put everything out there that we can, uh, this week. Uh, I, I want to close with this. I, I love, I love that you brought up Philippians 4 already because I I think this is one of my favorite passages in oh, all of Scripture. It's potent. Um, you know, if you've been walking with the Lord for any length of time, you you have you have to acknowledge that there are seasons of lack and there are seasons of abundance. Right. Whether that's in our spiritual lives or our emotional lives or even our physical lives, there's, there's not much of life that's static. Right. Human right. beings are experiencing these dynamic, um, lives where we swim in chaotic waters. <laughs> and, and, and the idea that you could possibly be living in abundance for your entire existence to me is is not the right goal right right and and we see that in scripture especially in the life of paul and i think when paul is talking about this hope that he's anchored in paul is he is anchored in ultimate hope his ultimate hope is in the man Christ Jesus and in the resurrection of the dead and, and that his, his life here on earth, as thankful as he is for it, yeah. he's not discounting life on the earth, but no. dang, there is something else that is, he's got this anticipation in his heart exactly that keeps him going through the hardest of times. And so I'll, I'll just read this passage and then let you respond to it. This is starting in verse 10 of, of chapter four in Philippians. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am saying this because not because wait i am not saying this because i am in need for i have this is the good stuff i have learned to be content whatever the circumstances i know what it is to be in need and i know what it is to have plenty i have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And I appreciate his phrase here, Robin, where he says, in whatever, uh, in, in every situation, I think, I think COVID-19 is covered in every situation. I think it's, oh, he was in prison when he wrote this <laughs> right. too, right? The guy's in prison. He's in chains. <laughs> Encouraging the rest of the universe. <laughs> 
so so i mean take us out robin do you relate to this passage in your own life um i (laughs) let me be honest here i grew up a complainer Mm. and i had my share of self-pity woe is me working on me Mm. i have had to develop through many dangerous toils and snares wow processes spiritual processes spiritual practices um through having been disciplined by the lord you know there are times in your life andy where god will not give you an advancement until you stop complaining about where you are wow i've learned that the hard way wow but when i learned it i learned it well Mm. and with within weeks my entire life circumstance changed and turned into things I knew I should be doing from God as part of my destiny. Yeah. And so we're all challenged and it's good. And, and this is a good season, Andy, in Mm. that, um, God is plumbing the depths of our lives. He's helping us identify where we're not strong or where we're not right on things. Yeah. So what we can make a change is a reset. Yeah. This is like, I don't believe God appointed the COVID-19, but right. I believe in the midst of it, he's appointed a time for us to reset on a biblical, faith-based, Come on. confident, thankful, yeah. loving one another, missing being with one another, you know, like basic Christians are supposed to be anyway. Right. And so I would sort of close it out by saying, let's make the best of this time. Mm. Let's, uh, a friend of mine used to say, don't waste your your heartaches don't mm. don't waste your trials make the yeah. most of them yeah and so i want to come out of this trial being honest but also being joyful yeah and i think those two things can go hand in hand amen so amen well could you could you pray uh, pray over us pray over our families our church even our city and i i I've just got this idea that the Lord really wants to open our eyes to his daily bread, his daily yes, provision yes, in our lives. Yes. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, Andy and I have the great privilege of um, pastoring this part of your church. We bless them today. We mm. thank you for them today. Yes, Lord. We, we ask you to encourage them, to provide for them financially, physically, spiritually, in their health. Mm. We speak health. We speak peace. We speak comfort. We love you dearly, QCC. And, Father, we ask for the greater body of Christ in our city. We ask that um, something would, would be released in our city of unity, kindness, and mercy one toward another, and to even... Uh, anyone else who we run across in our daily lives. Lord, you're so good to us. We're so thankful. We ask, too, that you would develop um, uh, an antidote to this virus. Yes, Lord. We pray for uh, test kits that could um, uh, show people where they stand, and we pray also for miraculous intervention. We ask that the, the virus be dissipated, uh, and you, your name be praised and your church be glorified and magnified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week, Queen City. You've been listening to Queen City Sermon of the Week. 
more information about this recording and other resources, go to queencity.church and follow us on Instagram for live services Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m.